0: You're not gonna know everything and I think that's probably good because you figure things out along the way. And there's also a lot of things that I had thought I knew and then I was like, look, that was wrong.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Luciano cast, The best podcast. This was a super fun episode with longtime friend Zoe Bruin. First of all, Zoe's a blast. Entrepreneur raised over fifty thousand through business competitions in college for her most recent startup that she's still working on. Uh, he started the company actually with a test email that ended up with over five thousand cookies in her first order. Um, we talked about building teams. <laughs> Funny enough, her passion for basketball um, and kind of what also made this one interesting was that we recorded this one at my apartment, which has my dog in it who wanted to play half the time, and towards the end, I actually did have to get up and let him out of the door and let him back in. Um, but Zoe was a great sport about it, and a couple times he made a couple uh, noises here and there. You could, you could tell he was there towards the end, but um, all in all, it was a fun episode, a great time to reconnect between friends, and I think that there's good stuff in there for you to learn as well. So with that, let me introduce Zoe Bruin. Thank you for coming on the Luciano Cast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Of course, um, you've got you know just a wonderful uh, pedigree. Is that wait? We're talking about dogs, so like, is pedigree something that you use for people too? Like your accol, you've got great accolades. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to say hi and and really um, share some of your story with the audience because um, I think it is an interesting story and you've accomplished a lot and you set your mind on stuff and go get it. And I think that's fun, and I think that's admirable. And, um, yeah, that's why we're friends.
0: Thanks, Luciana. Of
1: course. (laughs) Um, Talk to me. What is Zoe on the Go? What was Zoe on the Go?
0: Oh, boy. Okay, well, um, so let's see. Zoe on the Go. I guess growing up, I've always just been very entrepreneurial, and I think it essentially started with I was just looking for ways to make extra money um, throughout high school, throughout college. And um so I, I did kind of an assortment of businesses, you know, while I was in high school and while I was in college. And um one day my aunt had this actual idea for me. Um for more like a personal concierge service. Hmm. Um, so I kind of started it and, um, named it Zoe on the go and kind of basically did anything, um, and everything. So anybody asked me to do, I'd pretty much do it. So Hmm. I did, um, personal shopping, I did organizing, trip planning, um, some market research. Um,
1: how'd you find clients?
0: Um, my aunt was a big client of mine and then it just kind of word of mouth. Um, so, um, I had organized for an older lady for, oh, maybe a year and a half and she would just kind of refer some of her neighbors and so forth. So it just kind of grew naturally. Basically someone had asked like, Hey, my aunt had asked like, Oh, would you be willing to, um, do some work for a company, a company that she owns. And I said, yes. And then it basically kind of evolved so much that I was working so much for them that I kind of stopped. So on the go and I was Mm -hmm. working on other things at the time. So it just kind of slowly fizzled and I haven't touched it since. That makes
1: sense. Yeah. What else were you working on at that time? So yeah. So, so you were, that was CEO club time,
0: That was CEO club time. Yep. Okay. Let's see. What else was I working on? Well, one of my first um, endeavors was working with Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, creating an adjustable high heel shoe so you could change the height of your heel without having to change footwear. Um, So I had worked on that for years. Sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a great idea but um, two business students uh, with no engineering experience probably wasn't the best makeup for our team so it obviously kind of fizzled out but learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I was also working with Spectrum Health Innovations on helping develop their female urinary device.
1: Whoa. That actually just got licensed a couple months ago.
0: It did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was excited to hear that.
1: <laughs> I forgot you did that project.
0: Yeah. I did that. I think my junior year. So years ago.
1: Yeah. Years ago. <laughs> Lifetime ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, so, uh, talking about the high heel shoe, that was an idea that you and Taylor had like pitched and things like that, right. Gone mm-hmm. around different competitions. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you learn from that? Right. Because it wasn't a business that ended up making it, but mm-hmm. you did have some lessons that you took from it.
0: Definitely. I think, um, so I, we had started that when we were both freshmen and, um, I think basically I came into Grand Valley, very entrepreneurial, wanted to open up a business someday, and I remember um, going to CEO Club for the first time and um, just being like kind of blown away and inspired by so many of the other students that were starting businesses now. Yeah. And I remember Taylor, who was my business partner at the time, had very similar thoughts. And I remember we, you know, got together and thought like, oh, we got to do something now. You know, why? Why do we need to wait until after we graduate? And, um, the idea had kind of come across, we were at, um, a CEO club, national conference. And I guess, um, CEO club is basically, it's called the collegiate entrepreneurs organization. And it is, um, a club at Grand Valley for student entrepreneurs and, um, students who want to be entrepreneurs Yeah. and, um, Grand Valley and other colleges. Yes. Yes. Not correct. Yes. National organization. Good catch. And so we were at the national conference and I remember we were in heels all day and basically walking through, you know, the whole conference. My feet were so tired at the end of the day. And we said, you know, wouldn't it just be great if you could just go from like a heel to a flat right now? It's like we're walking back to our hotel room. or are walking at the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think being around so many um, other entrepreneurs and hearing other people start their ideas, we thought like, well, what the heck? Let's start it. So um, we did, and we worked on it for years. And um, Taylor and I were both business students, and we were both freshmen. And so I think we were both just like generic business at the time. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges that we had faced was not being able to figure out what our roles were. Mm. You know, So it's like mm. we, we didn't have, um, we had outsourced engineering. So we had worked with an engineering student that we had just paid. But between Taylor and I, we were both just broad business that it's like, oh, are you gonna do that? Or am I gonna do that? Okay, you can do it. And it's not like, oh, Taylor handled all the marketing and I handled all the finance, I handled this. Like it was just kind of very much, um, kind of started as a friendship and it it was great. But I think that we did not have like our clear roles defined to figure out who was responsible for what. And um, that was, I think one of the biggest things.
1: Is that something that you go into nowadays? Like anytime you might take on a new endeavor, you're like, okay, let's make sure we have our roles defined.
0: I think so. And I also think that I now know myself better to know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And so when I look at, when I'm looking to work with somebody, I look to make sure that they are... um, they, like they have different strengths than I do and yeah. they their strengths make up my, my weaknesses. And I think when Taylor and I had started, we were so early on that I didn't know what my strengths were mm-hmm. and I don't think she did either. And so I think that now I've grown from that and I recognize that I think choosing a business partner based on what your strengths and weaknesses are is so important.
1: Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, for me, it's like, <laughs> I know that I got a partner with like, People who are high detail-oriented <laughs> organizational <laughs> skills.
0: That's probably a good idea. Why is that so funny? I know. I actually, I had laughed when you had put something on my calendar this past week. It made me happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I'd probably spent the majority of my college career avoiding... email invitations from Zoe. But
0: I got on your calendar.
1: Yeah, that was magic. I don't know how you did that. I got you to
0: show up places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how that happened. I mean, I would just look at my phone. I'm like, how is Zoe in my calendar? I don't even know how to get on my calendar. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was some talent. You
0: know what? I was really proud this past week when Luciano sent the calendar invite for this. So, and I think that the the message of the body said, My how the tables have turned. <laughs> Give me a
1: good laugh. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, because normally, yeah, you were um well that was one of the things that I had learned being on the entrepreneurship club, that leadership team. Um, because I think I don't remember, but in the past, the past <laughs> leadership was like, Luciano, I don't think you have what it takes to be a leader. Um do you care about this co- club? Maybe you should move on. And I was I like took the hint and I was like. Peace, know. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Um, but then um, a year or two, I think just a year later, um, you were the president, right? Mm-hmm. And our freshman class was going to become now the leadership team. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, Luciano, so are you going to come back? And I'm like, you guys want me to come back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And right. It, it was cool because that was the first time where I was experienced real life Um, the importance of people having different skill sets and then celebrating those, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you never asked me to do stuff that I was guaranteed going to fail at, right? You didn't ask me to organize an event to email people. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) (laughs) what my role was, though, was connecting with people. Mm -hmm. The role was to get people to come into the doors, right? And then you, Taylor, Todd, Jordan, you guys did the... I don't know what you guys did. Other stuff. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And that was just really cool to see and to experience.
0: I think one thing that I've learned as a leader too is um, to have that conversation. Right. So I remember I had sat down with you and it was like, Hey, do you want to join CEO club again? And if so, what do you want your role to be? right? Right. Because it's like, okay, I can sit here and be like, Oh yeah, I want you to do this and this. But if that's not something that you really want to do, are you really gonna excel at it? Right. Like we have
1: these needs. You're yeah. a body. You could right. technically and do so this.
0: And so I think the big thing is is figuring out what other people wanna do and help them get there. And that makes I sense. think I think that creates a stronger team, right? If everyone feels happy in their roles and oh I really like this and I wanted to do this. Yeah. You're going to want to like be a part of the team. Right. Versus like, Oh crap, I have to do this. I really don't like it. Like, do I really want to come back next semester? I don't right. know. So yeah. I think it's all about, and I don't think it's just, you know, applicable to CEO club, but I think that's applicable to anything. I think, you know, as you are working in a team situation and you have team members or if you're hiring somebody, it's all about, okay, this is what I, you know, obviously what we need for the business to get done, but, what do you also want to do? And what are your aspirations? So, oh, oh, I never knew. Like, it's about having that conversation. I never knew you were interested in that. That's something to keep in mind. You know, maybe we can get into that or something. Yeah. So I think it's just having that open conversation with people. It goes a long way.
1: Open conversation. What is that? Who would have thought? <laughs> thought? Yeah, I'd rather tweet you. No, thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, So what are you working on these days? Because mm-hmm. you were pitching... Because uh, at one point you found like a winner, I would say, right? You mm-hmm. found a, an idea that was a winner, worth your time. It was right. something that you wanted to do, had purpose, had meaning. Right. You had pitched it, won a few tens of thousands of dollars. Did you win a hundred thousand, eighty thousand?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I want to say it's between fifty and sixty thousand.
1: Okay. Yeah. Of prize money. Uh, yep. For your business from competitions that right. you put into the business that you still have today. What is that business?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, to start, yes, I was involved in several entrepreneurial ventures. And I think the moral, like <laughs> starting a business is hard and it takes a lot of work. And I feel like, um, it's, it's super challenging. And I think yeah, what I was missing in all of my other businesses that I was working on was the passion for it. And so, um, my junior year i had started stir it up which is what i still um own today and it is a bakery with the mission of employing individuals with disabilities so when i was um in college i was also a leader for young life Capernaum which is essentially a youth group for those with disabilities. And um, I had joined Young Life because I have um, a cousin with Down Syndrome and two cousins with autism. And so that population has just always been special to my heart. So um, anyways, I was leader for Young Life and every week we'd go to club and they'd say, you know, Zoe, I'm looking for a job. Do you know who's hiring? What can I do? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, And so it was this like repetitive, like theme that just kept coming across. And um, I looked a little bit more into it, and that's when I found out that about 75% of those with intellectual and developmental disabilities are actually unemployed. And so that's a lot. Yeah, that is that is a lot. And so it's like, you know, that's a ton of people. And then meanwhile, here I am at Grand Valley, like every opportunity I want, I can do, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, are you interested in taking a class? Here you go. You want to join a club? Here you go. You're interested in this. Oh yeah. There's like some mirror war, whatever. Right. And so it's like, they just didn't have that. Um, so, you know, I thought like, okay, well, what's something I can do? And um, that's how Stirred Up came to be. So, I started super small. Um, I started out of my parents' residential kitchen in Rockford, baking (laughs) out of a uh, single oven. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I've just been working on growing it since.
1: What also blew my mind was that, like, you had started it, like, not like on accident, right? Because you had done, like, a lot of, like, your life of doing entrepreneurial things, uh, building up a Rolodex of people who are entrepreneurial, that gave you... So you basically sent out a test email yeah and said, hey, if I had these cookies available... Because that's what you do, right? You right. test it before you go yeah. into it, right? We did like, a pilot test. You do a pilot test mm-hmm. before you spend thousands of dollars on uh, kitchenware and stuff like that that nobody wants, right? So you did a pilot right. test. Hey, if I had these cookies available, would mm-hmm. you guys purchase? And you came away with like $500 of... Or was it like $5,000?
0: Yeah. Um, it was like I was yeah, I basically sent out this email to, I think, maybe, like, 20 people saying, hey, I'm piloting this out. Would you, if so, like, are you interested in buying? And then, two, will you provide feedback on the cookies? Because we mm-hmm. also wanted, like, feedback on taste, packaging, this and that. And so, I thought, like, okay, 20 people, like, it'd be great if everyone bought a box, 20 boxes. I think we sold about 500 boxes. 500 boxes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, we sold a lot.
1: So, I always, like, I would tell the story, like, yeah, Zoe just like accidentally send, accidentally started a business after sending out a test email. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that was really pretty cool. much. Yeah.
0: Um, and then you know what's so funny is we just so this past month, March, we just hit our five year anniversary. And so I was looking back at all of the photos from five years ago during that test email phase and during that test email like baking day. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: You it's a disaster. Yeah, it's a
0: disaster. <laughs> um, well, it's like you have one oven and it's like you can't, you know, like, okay, 12 cookies at a time. And we had so many cookies to make. It just took forever. Right. But, but it was good.
1: But you're in stores these days, aren't you?
0: Yep. So so basically after that test phase, I basically had decided like, okay, this could be a viable business. And that's when I started doing um, the first business competitions. Mm-hmm. I raised some money um and actually what's funny too is that first test email i remember we got so many more like orders than i thought and i was like crap i gotta buy all this like packaging and all this stuff so actually tom who at the time was my boyfriend he's now my husband gave me two grand at first like okay here's a loan if and so i like made him like actually do all the contract like i'm gonna pay you back you know Da da da. <laughs> um so he's not my husband so he's a good one so yeah so we got some money then and then um I did all those business competitions and we were able to get into a rented commercial kitchen. And so we um, baked out of Trinity United Methodist Church their commercial kitchen in the basement for a few years. And then it's been about two-ish years now. We've had a, comm- or a kitchen of our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have a kitchen of our own now. We sell at um, Bridge Street Market, Kingmas Market. We sell at um, a coffee shop over in Hudsonville shell sell at um, Cubby Market in Holland and Grand Rapids. So, yeah, lots of different things now, but it's it's been, it's been good.
1: It's cool to see how that's grown, especially, yeah. So what did you learn from, like, pitch competitions? Because you're good at those.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think pitch competitions, it's all about telling a story, right? Yeah. So I think I've learned how, hopefully, how to tell a better story, Um, I think Mm -hmm. it's also certainly taught me um, public speaking skills. I mean, you obviously have to public speak in order to um, do a pitch competition. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. You can't get around it. Pretty much. So I learned that. I think it also, one of the biggest takeaways I think was the power of networking at business competitions. Mm. I feel like, I would go to a pitch competition. I would pitch and if I won, fantastic, right? You walk away with money, yeah, but that was, I, the goal. that was, that's obviously the goal, but I also felt like I would always walk away with, Oh, this person, you know, um, has a contact who can share with you here. or This person, you know, can do this for you. For example, I remember my first, um, competition for startup was five by five night. And my last slide was, what would you do with the money? And I said, I would use the money to get into a commercial kitchen. I was thinking more of like the downtown market. (laughs) Um, It would then be to um, hire a food photographer and do more marketing. And then it was also to, um, I'd use the money to like enhance our training program. Mm. So after I pitched, you know, it's like the judges are, you know, what's it called?
1: Deliberating. Deliberating.
0: Thank you. Happened. And so you have all this networking time, right? Yeah. So I remember I walked away with um, a connection to Trinity United Methodist Church, where I ultimately um, worked for two and a half years. Yeah. Then we also, I also walked away with a food photographer who had volunteered to do our photography for free. Wow. And I had also walked away with someone who owns a training program and who had done all of like our training. And videos made videos for us and everything for free.
1: So that was everything. And I won the
0: need. money. So it was it was honestly <laughs> the best competition ever. But it's like I feel like I I feel like there's a lot of times entrepreneurs are scared to share their ideas and I yeah. think that sharing your idea is like so powerful because you get obviously lots of good feedback, but then so many people I feel like are actually willing to help entrepreneurs Yeah, and Oh, you're doing this. Oh, I have someone who could help you. Let me connect you. And yeah, maybe you have a couple meetings that like, yeah, they weren't super productive, but a lot of times they actually are very helpful.
1: Yeah. I like that. No, I think, um, I've had a similar experience Mm -hmm. actually where I I had pitched and for a while it was a, I didn't win any money for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) but that was like me too. Right. I mean, it, I didn't win that much money with the shoe or anything, but I felt like it finally took a little while and then I figured it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would have people, um, like one time I remember I pitched and I didn't win, but I still won because somebody came up to me and said, Hey, Luciano, like you should talk to my friend who owns like one of the largest truck lights, uh, aftermarket yeah. stores in the country. Um, and you know, I bet you'd he be willing to, you know, give you some pointers. And I still work with him a little bit to this day. And mm-hmm. it's been like six years. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, but, so you said you figured it out after a while. Was it, was it this storytelling aspect that you figured out?
0: Well, I would obviously I have not figured it all out. I would You've say. you got it all. No, I, I really don't. <laughs> I wish, but I don't. We all do. <laughs> I, I, I want to say I figured it out, but I think that there is. Um, stuff that you can include within a pitch that judges are specifically looking for. Right. I do think I, I figured out a better way to tell my story. I think that helped. I also think that one of the big things that the shoe missed that stirred up in it was just the traction. I had a lot of traction mm. early on with stirred up that I was able to talk about my progress much more than I was with the shoe.
1: Right. Um, Cause you like, because You had the idea and then you did that test email, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right away, that's traction, like, right? Nobody wants to invest. Well, maybe, but people are more inclined to invest in an idea that has already gone that somewhere. has a little merit, yeah. And, they and they want that to push shows it shows like forward. I actually
0: already worked on it. And I actually did that specifically when hmm. I had my idea for Stirred Up. I said, I got to test this out first before I do any competition because well, they always look for like, what have you done so far? Yeah. So, I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, I, I bought like. The domain. Like I actually wanted to show like, yeah, We've people are interested, the you know, like I wanted actual like dollars associated to it.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's powerful. Oh, I think it's important to mention that it's not a nonprofit. Yes. It's a business.
0: It is. That has been, um, most people assume that because I work, um, or I hire those with disabilities, that we are a nonprofit and we are in fact not. Mm -hmm. And that was very strategic early on. Um, You know, as I had mentioned, um, I had found out that those with disabilities um, have a 75% unemployment rate, which mind blowing, right, It's, it's, it's high. And I knew I wanted to help change that and I certainly can't change that on my own. And so I wanted stirred up to more be an example to other businesses and to say, hey, if I own a bakery and I own this business and I hire those with disabilities and we can generate a profit, then all like what's your reason? What's your reason? You know, like you should be able to hire those with disabilities too. And I will I will stand behind that because research continues to show that those with disabilities are some of the best employees that you could hire. They are um, loyal, they're hardworking, their turnover date or their um, vacation days are significantly less, and then their turnover is significantly lower than really? um, someone without a disability. And so, in the long run, you know, especially in the food business where turnover is so high, um, that's a lot of time and a lot of money that, that companies spend training employees, right? So, if you have yeah. an employee who is hardworking and dedicated and wants to be at a company and say, you know, stays for who knows how long, like, that's a pretty big asset. So yeah. that's the reason.
1: It's a no brainer. I mean, yeah. if you can do those things, right? Right.
0: That's right. Yeah. You know, um I think that the vision has certainly changed over time. And I think COVID has kind of changed a little bit of my perspective as well. Mm. Um, Basically what I've learned so far, like when I started, I never wanted to just, oh, I'm going to open a bakery and call it good. Right. I wanted to figure out how to have a bigger impact on the unemployment rate. And I will tell you that based on being in business longer and the more I learn that vision, I would say stays the same, but as far as how I do it slightly changes. Hmm. Um, so I will say, you know, is stirred up where I want it to be? No, (laughs) we have a lot of growing to do. We have a lot of work to do yet. I think we're in a really good spot now, um, and I think we're in a better spot to start growing. Um, but I don't want to just own one bakery and call it done. So I think that there is still a lot of work to do, um, whether that's more of a franchise model, whether we get into other industries and hire those with disabilities, I think there's a lot of different opportunities. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of unemployment to tackle. There's a lot. There is certainly a lot. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Talk to me about your basketball players.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I um, also really like basketball.
1: You like basketball. That's one of the surprises. I always am surprised every time you say it. I'm like, what, Zoe?
0: Yep. So I I grew up playing basketball. Basketball is obviously my favorite sport. And I grew up with a diehard passion for the Detroit Pistons. So, like, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton. This
1: is you at 8, 9, 10 years old.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember when they won. 2004. 2004. Yeah. So, that was, like, when I was in 2004 years. That's
1: the only reason how I know. Because I'm like, okay, I was 10. So, you must have been a fan a little before that. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. So, I was. And then, um, so, I was a huge fan. And then, um, they got bad. Yep. And I will be <laughs> honest, I dropped off <laughs> the scene of NBA for a while. And then um, my husband and I went to a, um, we actually won free tickets, and I was able to sit second row at a Houston Rockets game. And that's when I decided I was not going to be a Houston Rockets fan. Yeah. So I um, I love James Harden. A lot of people will give me grief about that, but I do think he's a great basketball player. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Russell Westbrook joined the Rockets last year year two years ago and um I really like Russ. and then this past year was hard because they both changed teams mm-hmm. so
1: are you still a Rockets fan or are you <laughs> are you just James Harden? are you a Nets fan you now? know
0: so it's hard I still always have a special place in my heart for the Pistons <laughs> and for the Rockets but the Rockets are just absolutely terrible right now. So it's kind of hard to watch. I am a fan of the Nets simply for James Harden to sport him. Mm-hmm. I like watching Wizards for Russ. So I feel like all my guys on Houston have yeah. um, been traded. So if I know only they would just teams. come home and play for the Pistons. Ugh, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish. But Pistons aren't very good either. So no. I wish.
1: So do you watch basketball? Like if basketball's on, you're like actually watching it? Or?
0: Um. Yes, if back when James and Russ were on Rockets, if yeah. there was a game on, like I'd know about it. Like I had it. A... You'd know about it. Oh, I'd know about it.
1: Would you, So you'd like turn on the TV? on Actually, watch what was it.
0: super nice was that because they were um, in Texas, a lot of the games were at like nine, ten o'clock, and so it'd be mm. so great because I could still do everything that I needed. And then I'm a night person, so it's like perfect. Um, mm. So most of the games I watched since they've been traded, I have not watched as many games. Mm. I Mm, hate to
1: see it. I know, it's been sad. So, I mean, so those games being at 9 sounds perfect because... So you have a 9 to 5, right?
0: Yep, I have a regular job.
1: Yeah, you have a regular job, and then you have a 5 to 9.
0: Yep, (laughs) yep. Which
1: is your... Which is stirred up bakery.
0: Yep.
1: That's crazy. You've been doing that for a while.
0: Yeah, I have. I have. But, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you kind of... I mean, don't get me wrong. There are st- things that obviously having a business, is, it's work, right. but I feel like when it's your own and it's your own business, it feels a little bit different. Yeah, and so It's is, not homework and you have right. a mission and you've got right. a purpose for doing it. Yes, exactly. So yes, um, it can be long days and it can be tiring, but I also know like it's not, I mean, I don't think it'll be forever like this. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't mind it.
1: I got you. um, <laughs> Okay, back to basketball for a quick sec. Yeah, yeah. Something that has amazed me is that <laughs> you've managed to meet Ben Wallace twice.
0: <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs>
1: Which is something that hardly anybody can say, let alone twice. I know. Being a fan. Like, I've
0: actually met a lot of NBA players.
1: You've met a lot? I thought it was just the Ben Wallace. Oh, thing. No a lot okay tell me about the two times you met ben wallace and okay. then i want to talk about those other guys.
0: ben wallace i met him for the first time when i was maybe in fourth grade or something mm-hmm. i um, was big into basketball and my mom had brought me to like a pistons um basketball um what's it called
1: Game camp camp. 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 <laughs> I was about to say workshop, and that was very like
0: business related camp. Yeah. And so you know, I like
1: the basketball seminar.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, I played basketball on like this at the Palace of Auburn Hills, and then actually at the end, Ben Wallace came out and like spoke to us all, so I got to go meet him. Whoa! So that was in fourth grade. And then since then, Ben Wallace is now, like, a co-owner of the Grand Rapids Drive. Yeah. And so he comes to Grand Rapids quite a bit. And so one day he was at a brewery just doing, like, meet and greets. And so, heck, like, I went there.
1: You just saw that he was going to be at a brewery and you are like, Tom, we're going to this brewery.
0: It was Tom's birthday. And I was like, hey, Tom, we're going to go here. <laughs> and I didn't, I just, we literally went, met Ben, and I left. So I got, like, my picture taken with him, got an autograph, and yeah.
1: Oh, perfect.
0: Yeah, pretty Ooh. good. <laughs>
1: That is pretty. I mean, honestly, for a fan to meet one of their favorite players—is he your number one favorite player? player? Mm-hmm. Okay, one of your favorite players.
0: It wasn't the pain anymore.
1: Oh, now it's James Harden. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, for someone to meet that like once, let alone twice, I think it's just astounding and a testament to—I don't know—maybe just the universe bending for you when you are so intent on things that you like.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What else? <laughs> what else? Who else, wait, wait. So, what I meant to say was, who yeah. else have you met basketball-wise?
0: So, I've gone to some Houston Rockets games.
1: Okay. You didn't meet James Harden, did you? No,
0: I didn't. Okay.
1: I was going to no, shit my pants. I've <laughs>
0: met, let's see. I met a lot of, like, the bench, if mm. that makes sense. So, I probably met, mm. if you were to look at, like, Houston Rockets team, like, their roster two years ago, I most likely probably met. The majority of their bench players.
1: Hmm. How'd you manage that?
0: I did not meet Russell James. Hmm. Um, hmm. I well, we um, like had really good tickets, and then when you have those tickets, you um, like I kept winning these tickets, and um, you are able to get back not like where their locker rooms are, but like where their locker rooms are. So there's like you know a little like gated. Fence. Yeah, and so after the game or at halftime you go and like you go to like the club lounge or so where you're um you get food and then you can see like the players walk out like back to the court or like back into the locker room and so at the end of the game when they go back and change a lot of the players will come out and take photos with you and meet them as they're also like going back on their flight right yeah so i just met a lot of the players then
1: was it you and like a bunch of 10 year olds
0: um no. <laughs> Thank you. It was um I mean there was a lot of kids. And so I'm not going to lie. I was probably like the last one to meet them all. But there was also a lot of like adult males. Grown ass dudes. There's a lot of adult males. I'll say probably the best thing about going to an NBA game is the line for the woman's bathroom. There's never a line. non existent. Yeah, there's always there's a line actually at the men's bathroom. Oh my god. For, it's probably outside the it, frig, in the
1: hallways waiting for the is, men's but restroom. Not for the
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's will you watch other sports? We like, we watch, like, the Griffins? Rapids, Griffins, hockey?
0: Um, I've gone to Griffins games. I actually, I actually find watching hockey to be kind of relaxing.
1: Really? Yeah, I won't watch yeah. it on
0: TV, but, like, I, I certainly like going to games. There's um,
1: something kind of, like, soothing about the sound. It's you just
0: like, kind of, like, watch the puck go back and forth. It's kind of relaxing. I like when they get in fights. I like you when know? they get in fights. Um, so, yeah, I like watching hockey. Um, baseball, I really don't really get into, like, baseball, except, like, if you actually go to, like, a Whitecaps game or a Tigers game. Like, it's fun, more the atmosphere, but, like, watching baseball on TV, no. Yeah. No, 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 Um And then, like, I like some of the Olympic sports.
1: The Olympic sports? Yeah. Which ones do you watch?
0: Gymnastics. Really? hmm I like gymnastics. That's a fun one. That's yeah. one of
1: the, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's probably my favorite Olympics.
1: Do you watch swimming in the Olympics? I do
0: watch swimming. I think we
1: all watch swimming. Yeah. It's like swimming, track, gymnastics
0: So actually you know what, there was, um, I was traveling one time, it was the 2012 Olympics and um, I had noticed someone in the airport that looked like they belonged, like they were wearing like the Olympic gear and so um, I walked really fast. Up to the person, and I was like, "Were you having to be in the Olympics?" And he's like, "Hi, I'm Kobe Bryant." It was a woman, no. and <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah." do you want to see my gold medal? <laughs> and I held a gold medal and took a picture with the person. I actually no don't really me. remember who it was you or what sport they were in. I didn't recognize them, but yeah, I actually held an Olympic gold medal. Because wow. I followed someone at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Not creepy at all.
1: No, no. Was it heavy? Like, what was this medal? Yeah, like? it was I mean, heavy. You mean it's like, it, like five, it was like, what was it, like two pounds of it gold? It was
0: thick. Like, you, like she let me hold it and I was like, oh my gosh.
1: It's got some weight to it. Yeah. I would hope so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cool.
1: You have no idea what sports she played.
0: No, I actually don't remember. I just remember seeing it was like the Nike Olympic yeah. outfits,
1: the USA team.
0: Yeah, USA.
1: On her way to London, I think that was the twenty. The Olympics,
0: yeah. It's the Olympics were in London. I was coming home, and uh, yeah, she must been coming home from too.
1: Where do you travel? Where do you like to travel to? Let's see. Where do cool. you travel that you've liked?
0: Uh, well, a few weeks ago, I was actually just in Charleston. We went to Carolina. Charleston, Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. Charleston, Celeste. Savannah, and Hilton Head. So that was really fun. Um, Been to Europe a couple times. Been in the Caribbean. Mm. Uh, I haven't
1: been in the Caribbean. I feel like I really want to go to the Caribbean. I
0: feel like you would you would like the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you would like the Caribbean a lot. Yeah, I'm just
1: imagining like hammocks and drinking Mai Tais yeah. in blue water. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yep. Yeah. Maybe some canoeing or kayaking.
0: Yeah. Is that, like is a, a peanut colada or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, I'm going.
0: Yeah, I think you should. Sam.
1: Would you rather go to Europe or the Caribbean? Or is it a different mood? It's a different mood. Different mood. Mm-hmm. Different different place at different times. Correct. That makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. And it depends, like, how much time are you talking? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it, like, a five-day trip? Is it, like, a week-and-a-half trip? You know? Mm-hmm.
1: What's your most memorable trip?
0: Hmm. One of my all-time favorite trips is actually, um, I it was going to my senior year of college and my brother and my sister and I did a siblings trip to New Zealand and Australia. What? It was like 10, 11 days and it was just the three of us and it was super fun.
1: Um, so has anything in your like pitching life helped you in your day to day nine to five life?
0: Well, I think, you know, basically when we pitch, right, you pitch the entire business and, um, it can be kind of high level, right? The story that you're telling is somewhat high level. It's basically, I'm sorry. <laughs> so
1: I have my dog here, and he's trying to bite at me, and I'm like trying to. I've got this can full of coins that he's scared of, and I'm a little
0: distracted. <laughs> yeah,
1: and obviously I don't want to shake the can with the microphone going, but so I'm just like trying to like show him the can so he backs off of me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your patience there, Zoe.
0: No worries. Um, so basically, I feel like when you pitch, it's it's a high level of your business, right? You get into some of the details and some of the weeds, but in general, it's mostly high level, mm-hmm. especially with like the five-minute pitches or shorter ones. And so I feel like, you know, for my, um, you know, I'm a project manager, and at the end of the day, that's pretty high level too, And I think um, entrepreneurship is very ambiguous and it's um, figuring that out. And I think it's kind of the same thing for PM or for project management. It's a lot of times I get projects that are very ambiguous and then you kind of have to be comfortable working with not knowing a lot of things. You know, I heavily rely on my team members to for their, you know, functional expertise. And I just kind of bring people together.
1: Hmm. Um, Is that like, like internal networking and honing in those kinds of skills?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I think it's also just being okay with not knowing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And still like move, try figuring out how to move forward without knowing everything.
1: Yeah. I think that's an entrepreneurial skill. Cause I think a lot of times people, um, aren't always comfortable with not knowing all the details. They're not mm-hmm. comfortable with not having a plan or having a, mostly plan.
0: Right. And I think
1: that's, you're probably comfortable with that.
0: Well, I think all entrepreneurs have to be kind of comfortable with it. Right. Because if I had everything figured out before I started my business, I don't think I'd launch yet. You know, like (laughs) I launched five years ago, you know, like you're not going to know everything. And I think that's probably good because you figure things out along the way. And there's also a lot of things that I had thought I knew. And then I was like, look, that was wrong. guess, you know, like, <laughs> really? you know, like glad I didn't like invest money over there. You know, you just figure it out. Like, I think it's a very, probably the best example I can give is who you think your target market is. Right. Mm. You know, and then you kind of figure it out along the way.
1: I think it's like, you got, you got to jump in to swim.
0: Right. You do.
1: And to totally. figure it out. And yeah. And, and
0: I think a lot of times people are like, well what if it doesn't work out and i think it's like well at least you we'll tried it out. out soon find, find out. out and if it doesn't work out hopefully it's you know you didn't invest a ton of money into it right that's why you do pilots and stuff so
1: right do the pilots and make sure that it's not going to be um <laughs> Herb saying hi mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's distracting for me too
0: <laughs> i know it is right this is
1: the worst i'm so sorry <laughs> I thought you didn't like animals at first. I know. I
0: I, like, I, I, I hate like, to say so, that because I feel like when you tell people like I'm not an animal person, they just think like Oh my gosh, you're a terrible person!" Right? right? I know. I know. I've been like kind of attacked a couple times as a kid, so yeah, like I'm kind like of scared. Like, you're the
1: ground or the
0: um. um I'm kind of scared, but then my brother and my sister both have like super sweet huskies, and so I I like dogs again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I am. I'm still probably scared of some dogs, and I'm scared of cats, but, like... You're scared of cats? Yeah. Why? Huh. You just never know when they're going to pounce. Yeah, like, you do, know, you do never know. Like, you know, they're really fast, yeah. and then they just kind of, like, sneak up on
1: you. <laughs> yeah. I had a dog bite me in Chicago one time. I was, like, it
0: scares you a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? That's
1: yeah. Sweet. Then people will be, like... People will be, like... It's just a dog, dude. He's just barking. Like, he just wants to play. And I'm, like... Maybe... Or maybe he wants to rip my arm off. I don't know that dog. Right. <laughs>
0: like. Right.
1: Yeah. But I think like having him has been good because yeah. like I go to the park and I see like other dogs. Yeah. And,
0: and in general, all dogs, most dogs are really cute. Right? They're all and pretty super sweet. sweet. You just yeah. have a couple like, few, like one bad experience and it kind of yeah. changes But in general, I agree. Most dogs are super yeah. cute Yeah.
1: Then you get like, the better safe than sorry. It's like, yeah. Right. But also like, you're missing out on so much love if you <laughs> can't. But. So where's stir it up at now. Like what's like the biggest challenge with it?
0: Well, actually, um, one of the biggest challenges that I faced recently that I feel like I actually just kind of overcame, mm. um, is that I feel like when you start a business, you, um, like, I kind of feel like I was in this little rut of like, instead of working on the business, I worked in the business, right? Mm. So it was more like us doing all the day-to-day stuff and not working so much on like how to grow the business and i feel like that's you know it can be kind of challenging when you yeah, have like all these other things that you have to do you have okay. to like set aside you so know working
1: on the business or working in the business is doing those day-to-day stuff right yeah. your taxes the throughput, right. the sales Just the
0: stuff that makes the business operate every day right, right. stuff that i have to do
1: yeah, and then working on the business.
0: It's like, how do I grow the business, right? Yeah. How do I make it? What are the next do, steps? Yes, strategic. what are my next steps? Yes, very much more of the strategy side. Mm. And so I think that, you know, I think it's also hard because um, a lot of times, you know, if you're you're starting off, you don't have a ton of money, right? And so a lot of times it just falls, everything falls into your lap, you know, as a small business owner, like, you wear a lot of hats. You
1: have to do all the things yeah. as a small business owner. right,
0: right. And so I noticed I was, you know, part of what I was doing was, like, recipe development, right? And, mm. um, yeah, it's fun. But, like, is it my passion? No.
1: <laughs> is recipe development your passion? No. But you had to do it.
0: I had to do it, right? I own a bakery. You got to come out with new stuff and everything. <laughs> like, you kind of have to do it. Yeah. And so it took up so much time for me, though. And so, actually, one thing that I'm super excited about is... I had just hired, you know, a recipe developer and kind of a head baker, and she just has been super great, and um, I feel like with having her there, it allows me more time to work on the business instead of, like, in the mm. business doing that. So... Is so she,
1: like, part-time or full-time or... She's part-time. Part-time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, like... How do you pay a recipe developer? You just, like, pay her per recipe? Like, hey, every time you come up with a she wears, recipe? She's like, an hourly rate. Really? Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. And so we have... She, you know, has her schedule, and then it's basically, like... You know, we have, okay, here's our things that like, you know, I constantly hear from customers that we need, you know, need more gluten-free recipes or, you know, stuff like that. That's basically your R&D. Right. It's, it's, yes, it very much is. And then it's like, okay, here's all of like, you know, upcoming holidays. What are we going to have, you know, what are we going to sell each time? So she...
1: R&D and forecasting?
0: Pretty much. So (laughs) she, she really has, you know, um, yeah, like you can say the R&D of the company and is working on that. And it's been really nice to just be able to fully give that off to somebody else and say, hey, you have a degree in culinary, you've worked at several bakeries, like, take right. it, you know, yeah. and just kind of give her...
1: again, like, about what does this person have an interest in, right? right? Because she probably comes, comes up with recipes when she's at home in her own kitchen. Mm-hmm. This is what she wants to do. Right. So, let's hire her to do that because you need that.
0: Right, right. So, it has been that has just been super good. So she's been with yeah. us for about two months now, and I'm super excited about her. And she's been wonderful to work with, and has come up with really good recipes. And so I feel like with that was just one of um, I feel like the challenges that I had just recently overcome. That was just kind of a, a hard spot, but um, yeah. And it was I mean, like I had the interview. I think she got hired um, like the second week of February, and I think I had the posting up since September. Oh really? I was super picky about who I wanted, and, um, and yeah, and then what fine. were you looking for? I was looking for someone who obviously has culinary experience and has experience with that, but shoot, I'm out right away. Unfortunately, but you know what? You can always learn. Um, <laughs> but also has a passion for for the mission, right? Because I feel like that's just as important.
1: Yeah, because then they get buy-in, right? Right, and they right.
0: Have that and she. She has, you know, went to culinary school and has worked at several bakeries. She actually um, started her own uh, food business. And so I think that's super important, too, to have the um, experience of owning your own business and understanding some of the challenges of food, food businesses. Yeah. Um, but she also has a huge passion for teaching and teaching others about um baking and the art of baking and everything. So it just was a perfect, perfect pair. I can
1: see why you'd be picky because I would much rather have somebody who has that passion for teaching, has a passion for entrepreneurship and that baking and coming up with the recipes because like, you're going to get so much more out of that person. Um, not only, you know, I mean, experience wise, right. not only just like that transactional value, mm-hmm. right. But that, personal value of you guys kind of in this thing, in this, for the mission together. Right. In.
0: And I think that's important too, because I think, you know, a lot of times when you have a startup or a small business, it's a small team. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, I want to make sure that this person, you know, do I expect that everybody I hire is going to be with me for the next five to 10 years? No. But do I want to hopefully be able to grow this company with that person? Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, what is their also long-term game, too?
1: So, you're you're trying to understand that even when you're in the interviewing process.
0: Well, I think there's, like, little tidbits that you can pick up, too. But I also think it's part of, you know, managing, too. Like, what, you know, what do you want? Okay, you want a part-time job? You know, how many hours? What's important to you? And understanding what's important to that person and making sure that, you're kind of delivering on that too i kind of feel like it comes down to like servant leadership a little bit
1: yeah because
0: because if that person is happy and i'm you know if that person is happy and um i feel like they're more likely to provide or do a better job or yeah
1: role. well they're going to do that better job intrinsically right, right. like right Versus somebody who's like trying to do the job tasks and that they kind have of it's to do. about it.
0: And yeah. yeah.
1: Versus someone who's going to not only do it, and but also do it well, right. and maybe even do it with like a little bit of flair, right? Because that is what they're passionate about, and so right. they can bring you that extra, more
0: likely to go above and beyond. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Not that you couldn't, but they are definitely going to if they have all those passions. Right. Right. Yeah, I think mean, so. Okay, so where can we buy startup cookies?
0: Yep. Yeah, so you can buy um, cookies every day at Bridge Street Market or at Kingmas Market. Or at where? Kingmas Market. Kingmas. Kingmas. It's right on Plainfield and like mm. the northeast side.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of right where I live in the area. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You can also get them from Cubby Market, um, which has. Um, location in holland and over on wealthy street mm-hmm. and then um you can also just go to our website com, and um you can place an order um we don't have a storefront location so it's just like i'll order ahead of time and schedule pickup and so you yeah. can place a custom order with us too online yes yeah, com.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and then oh is getting a front facing bakery i'm not oh, a physical storefront, yeah, storefront. <laughs> yeah that's what brick and
0: talking. mortar uh, yeah
1: is that in the plans or is that you
0: know for a while it always was kind of like in my plan i think though with everything that's happened this past year with covid it makes sense to me it makes me realize i don't know if that's necessarily my priority right now yeah yeah so i, I think that um for right now no okay yeah
1: yeah no that's cool Oh, my God. Well, Zoe Bruin, this was a pleasure to catch up with you, and I I love sharing your story. Um, And, of course, my dog is choosing now to just go bananas on my arm. Um, I don't know (laughs) what I'm going to do for other podcasts, but I'm glad that you're a very understanding person.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for having me here. It was fun.
1: All right. And that's a wrap. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly did. Had a great time. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give it a five-star rating. Tell a friend about it. And most importantly, leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Have a good one. Peace.